Welcome to the House of She podcast. We are Kat and Kate, and we are here to discuss all things womanhood, business, birth, spirituality, mindfulness, health and wellness, and personal journeys, and so much more. Our purpose behind starting this podcast is to connect with women, building a community to support and empower each other. We know you all have so much to offer, so we're hopeful to facilitate a platform where we can all grow and learn together, expanding the circle of women within this beautiful community. Welcome back for another episode with Kat and Kate and House of She, where we love to connect with our local ladies. And so we're super privileged today to steal some time with Mackay local woman, Lauren, an amazing physio who specializes in women's health. Today, when we chat with Lauren, um, her in-depth knowledge just blows my mind and Mm -hmm. her passion to help and support is what really, really came through for me. I learned a couple of things, but probably the biggest thing that I took away from our chat with her today is that if you need any help or if you're unsure about something that's happening for you and your body, seek help is the key message and that she and she is a local provider so you can book in and see her and she definitely provides a really beautiful service to support women so that was definitely my takeaway um Mm -hmm. from today's recording with her what about you Kate oh she's just a wealth of knowledge I just feel like she really just opened up how much there is to women's health physio and probably a lot of light bulbs will be going off for a lot of people even me as a physio I was like oh like you know, I don't think of that and I don't think mm. of that. And there's just so many facets of really anything that's going on down there. Just go and have a chat to her about it and see what's going on. Yeah, it's, that's worth your while. And I think she really um, painted a picture of creating a safe space for women. Yeah. And she sounds like she definitely is in tune with picking up your energy as well. So, I mean, if you're going mm-hmm. in there and you're not, you know, you're not wanting a vaginal exam straight away or whatever it looks like, then she would definitely be able to accommodate that and work with you until you felt comfortable if that was something that you did need to do. Um, and I think my, my message for our listeners is talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's lift the lid off of this stuff. So if, if you have something going on with your vagina or your vulva or your butt, like your shoulders, <laughs> your breasts, you know, she spoke yeah. about Yeah, breasts true. And, she spoke about mastitis um, and a lot of breast things. Yeah. I, I, and even, yeah. So anything with your body, um, but particularly coming back to your reproductive area, going through the various stages of life, not uniquely for when you're pregnant or postpartum, but we also spoke about women, women later in life as well, is, mm-hmm. is start to talk to your friends about it and lift the lid off of it. And stop making it taboo because if you share with a friend something's happening with you, they learn something and they might have something going on with them or they might have another friend that shares with them, but they've learned something mm-hmm. from you. So I think that's that was my biggest thing as well. And since since recording with her, I've even had two conversations with people that I've been like, oh, I, I connected with Lauren from Women's Health Physio and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, really talking about it. So that was another thing for me. But anyway, let's stop rounding on and let's get into today's episode. So yes, um, we will hand over to Lauren. She'll introduce herself and we'll go through today's episode with her. Yeah, so um, I'm Lauren. Um, I'm a mum of two boys and a women's health physio. So personally, yeah, mum of two boys. Um, We've got a 
dog Buckley and a great husband. Um, and I enjoy pre kids. I loved fitness and loved being fit and active. I loved running. And that's sort of what led me into my love and joy for women's health physio. So professionally, I, as I said, I'm a, a, I'm a titled um, continence and women's health physio. Pretty, just, pretty much means that I can treat um, continence issues all the way from pediatrics or kids all the way up to, um, you know, adolescents, pre uh pre post baby and menopause and that does include men as well but my passion's been always down the women with the female Mm -hmm. track so um yeah being so into fitness and obviously as a physio you have some sort of love for sport usually um Mm That's what got me into, you know, making sure women could stay active, you know, during the times of their life where things can change quite rapidly, whether that's, you know, an adolescence that gains weight quite quickly and they get knee pain or, you know, a pregnant woman who, again, has hormonal changes and needs to watch what she does um, postnatally and then, you know, menopause. So, yeah, that's what that's what got me into it. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I went to look on your Instagram before because you used to have written on there like what you'd actually like studied or something and it was like you were one of the few in our Mm -hmm. in quite a large region but I went back to read that today and you've taken it off (laughs) oh it's it's probably hidden somewhere in there but um yeah so I may I've done my um post so I started by doing um a postgraduate at Melbourne so I did my bachelor at uni and that's what you do is become a physio you literally do a bachelor of physio and then I went and did my postgrad which is like a um I guess a a a baby step into women's health and then I went on to do my master's which was you know yeah yeah I I just I just want to know because I'm super curious so after you did your bachelor's degree the postgrad did you do that while you were working and then that's just part-time? Yeah, so I and did, um, yeah, sorry, I, I, I did my, just out I did, of, go on, go on. Just out of curiosity, like I want to know how many years that takes you to do like a post-grad part-time. So I did, um, so I graduated as a physio and I did, um, lived in Melbourne and I did what was called grade one rotation. So I rotated around all the different areas of physio um, and I think that was the best grounding for me because I got to deal with, 80-year-old women that have broken their hips um, and, you know, 17-year-old boys that have done their ACL. So I had to do with all, and I've got my social skills really was able to come out. And I think that's what made me a, um, a ability to talk to all these ages. And then I went and did my um, postgrad at Melbourne Uni and I did that um, while working full-time, but I didn't have any kids. So literally my weekends. <laughs> There's always was... that perspective, hey, like, <laughs> yeah. that's before right. kids. So, that's right. So I, my weekends were spent just studying and so it was a year. Um, I did it um, quickly within a year Um, Mm -hmm. and then I worked for a year after that and decided that we wanted to have a family and I said well I don't want to put pressure on falling pregnant so I'll sign up to do my master's at the same time (laughs) got accepted into my master's and fell pregnant with Harvey brilliant timing (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I did I did my master's I literally graduated my master's the month before I had my second baby. So my wow. master's went through at the same time as me and my childbearing years, which was brilliant because I was living and doing and, you know, living, being a mum, being pregnant, being postnatal while I was learning and um, advancing mm-hmm. those skills. So it was great. Um, my, my master's took me three years part-time. So how old are um, your boys? Um, Harvey is three and a half and Charlie is 10 months old. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, Harvey yeah. and Charlie, beautiful. Harvey and Charlie, yeah. Um, I 
was watching your Instagram the other day and it was, oh my God, your videos are hilarious. Yeah, um, so and I was watching the one where you're like, Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> and like your little boy, so that would have been Harvey. Harvey His like yeah. cute little face. He was just like, looked so cute, like a little bit proud, a little bit like, like just like the cutest little like look on his face. And then my son Cooper is two and a half and he's like, yeah. I want to watch it again, mommy. I want to watch it again. <laughs> so we're just literally watching you on loop for like two well, minutes. And I was like, well, funny. I have to tell you that, that we did this. And he's like, I like to look at the little boy. He's like, he looks so happy. And I was just cracking up laughing. Well, Harvey's the same. Harvey will come up to me and goes, Mummy, show me activate. Show me activate. Yeah. So he loves watching it over and over as well. It was so good. Yeah. 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 Just wanted That's to share that. you studied in Melbourne. How did yeah. you, how are you now? Why oh and God. how did you land in Mackay? And how many years have you been here now then? So, um, yeah, studied in Melbourne, um, worked grew up in, Melbourne, in Melbourne as well. Grew up in Melbourne, inner city Melbourne. And I worked yeah. at St. Vincent's Hospital, which was big um, city gal. Big city gal, exactly. Um, <laughs> I used to ride my bike to work because we lived um, seven, I was about eight kilometers from work. And it used to take me 45 minutes in a car or 45 minutes to ride my bike. So I used to ride my bike because I was yeah, like, well, yeah, nice. the same. So anyway, we lived, um, lived in a city and one of my rotations as a grade one, so as a baby physio in Melbourne, you're a grade one or a new physio, took me to um, the Northern Territory. And I lived in Catherine, which is rural, remote yeah. uh, Northern Territory. And while I was there, um, my husband had a work opportunity come up and I'm a real family person and um, I would have never considered leaving Melbourne. But because I was in the Northern Territory at the time, he said, do you want to give Mackay a go? Like, and I was like, where's Mackay? What's, what's <laughs> Mackay? And he's like, what's well, in Queensland? And we love the outdoors and, you know, the, the, the last, you know, the, the, the weather the and lifestyle here. That's right. Yeah. So um, we came up and had a look over Easter and we were here by the June. So we just loved it. We just oh, love it. Amazing. And yeah, we always said we'd give it at least three to five years to see if we liked it. We didn't want to come here mm-hmm. and then go, oh, we didn't make any friends. We're going to go home. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we got married up here. We had Aww. two kids and we just love it. The lifestyle here. I mean, my, we love our Melbourne friends and Melbourne mm-hmm. coffee, but, you know, raising <laughs> kids up here, it's such a good lifestyle. We love so it. So what, what year was that that you relocated here? We moved in 2014, so we've been here for going on eight years. It'll be our eighth Christmas away. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. So is all your family still in Melbourne, though? All of our family, all my family and all my husband Matt's family, so they're all down there. Um, So we've, you know, pretty much my husband's got a business, I've now got a business, we've got two kids, we've got no family support, which, you know, that doesn't matter, but, you know, we... We, we, we've got a really good so um, dynamic, I guess. We, yeah. we help each other out. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to convince some people to move up. We need to be yeah. Yeah. so sunny up, up here. Lifestyle. What does your husband do? Um, he's a financial planner and financial yeah. advisor. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, yeah, he's a good help. Um, he, he, I'm lucky he doesn't do mining or, you know, sh- shift work. He's home every yeah. night, which, which is a big help, yeah. 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 So you were here for quite a while before you um you had kids yes we were yeah we um yeah so it wasn't like I in my mind when you were saying that I felt like it was because you're already a family unit that you wanted to come here but you already had just had that in mind that you would rather raise a family out of Melbourne or is just because well, your husband got no, the job yeah it was more that he had an, and an then opportunity you'd give it a crack 
Yeah, he had an opportunity yeah. to start a business up here and then we moved up here in 14. We then got engaged in 15, got married in 2016 and didn't have Harvey till 18. So we really Yeah, so the years had a, just kind of rolled by though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we really didn't plan to, you know, um, we never had an intention to stay, but we never had an intention to leave either. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing that you love it so much. Love I it. love it so much too. And I was away for so long. We've said this on a few occasions. Yeah. And then to come back and like to re-fall in love, it's like so nice. Oh, yeah. And I can see what people, how people do love it here so much. So, mm-hmm. so I grew up here, left for 10 years, came back a year and a half ago. I'm like, oh, I'm going to all the beautiful beaches that I, I don't remember even going to growing up. You know, like we played a lot of sports so our weekends were at hockey or basketball, but yeah. yeah, there's so much to love about Mackay. Yeah, it's we're, so we're truly lucky. Um, I was at the park down at Bacasia probably a month ago and this guy was there with his two kids and his um his wife was running down on the beach and he was from Newcastle and he was just like, oh, are you from around here? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what's wrong with this place? He's like, I just, I just love it so much. He's like, why isn't everyone moving here? And he like <laughs> was saying he's like looking up real estate and he's like, did you know you can get like beachfront properties along here for, for under – under 700,000 he was like just loving he's like what else can we do while we're here and he was like ready to move here and I was just like yeah like I love it too like giving him all the <laughs> and he'd already done like all of the top 10 things to do in Mackay and he's like oh, yeah I just love it he's like I'm ready to relocate I was like okay and then he found out I worked at the hospital and he's like oh my wife's a pharmacist do you know if there's any pharmacy jobs going any on jobs? Like, he's like what's the what's the hospital like do you think she'd like it and I was it was brilliant and it just makes you like yeah realize what you've got like right at your doorstep I love having those conversations that really just remind me how how good how good we have it Mm. oh absolutely yeah Yeah. it does bring you back into how good it is Mm -hmm. so I stumbled upon you Lauren because you on Instagram are the mama physio Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh I like this and I was following you for quite a while before I ended up even like messaging you and connecting with you or even sending you like I like your videos yeah Um, (laughs) but tell us about why you started the mama physio what was the intention behind it all you know talk to us about the mama physio instagram page so the mama physio was started because i um i had lots of women coming in um so i'm really i'm really lucky i've got a really unique and i a special job in that you know women trust me with their you know innermost secrets Mm, and their mm. most vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. you know whether it's pelvic floor related or painful sex or whatever it is, you know, I, I feel very privileged to trust in that. Mm. Um, but there's just so many women that come in and say, I wish I knew this yeah. or I wish I knew this could happen to me or I didn't know this could happen in childbirth. And so it sort mm-hmm. of led me on this way, this, you know, thinking why don't we tell women about the injuries in childbirth? Why don't we tell women what happens in menopause? Why don't we teach women how to swim the toilet properly? Like what, why is it such a taboo topic? So yeah. mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Instagram is a brilliant platform to be able to not give people personalised information or, you know, specific information for them or their conditions, but to highlight 
um, common, you know, common conditions or common treatments or things that might spark or hit a nerve with someone to then go and do something about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the mama physio's goal is to empower. My my vision was just to empower women, to make Mm -hmm. women aware of what could happen. You know, I don't want to, I've often in some of my posts, you know, particularly about tears and things, I say, I don't want to fear anybody. I don't want to scare anybody, but I feel like if we have knowledge, knowledge is power. And therefore Mm -hmm. you, you feel empowered that you, you know you've got that you've got to just you can make the right decision for you yeah um, mm-hmm. so that's where the mama physio was created um and I do have some fun with it I try to make it you know not too uh dry know, dry <laughs> pretty, yeah exactly yeah. try and make it fun I think um, it's a really good mix so like a lot of it is is very fun but like not in like a silly way that you would be like oh you know like I just feel like thanks. everything yeah it's such a really no good there's definitely an educational yeah, such good facts there. And for people just to be like, oh, you know, I was just living with that and I didn't think, you yeah. know, I wasn't going to do anything about it. And then you're yeah. like telling yeah. them, oh, no, you don't have to put up yeah. with that. You know, you can go yeah. and see someone that specializes in it and they can work out what's wrong and, yeah. and help. It's and that's it. I think so, I think so many women, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think so many women come in and say, you know, I've had a kid, so I wet myself. And you know, like I say to I say to my patients, and any patients listening will say, "Oh, you say this all the time." It's all common, you know. People that yeah. have had babies wet themselves, or they have a prolapse. It's all common, but it's not normal. And I think mm-hmm. that you know, gone are the days that we say, "Oh, my mum wet myself," you know, wet herself. We all just, you know, that's what happens yeah. after kids. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. someone who loves exercise, like I live for exercise. If I couldn't run up, if I couldn't go for a run or just run after my kid or jump on the trampoline or go, you know, be fearful of anything because I, you know, wet or I'd get a prolapse or, you know, I'd hurt my back or whatever it is, that'd kill, that would really, you know, make my quality of life mm-hmm. and I'd be bothered by that. So that's yeah. where I guess the mother, the mama physio is trying to, um, you know, highlight these issues that and to empower women to go and actually do something about it because I don't need mm-hmm. to live with it. And with yeah, the mama amazing. physio, did you... When you began it, were you on mat leave? Yeah, I, I was on mat leave and pregnant. So um, it's yeah, been something okay. I've been wanting to, mm-hmm. I would, wanting to do for a long time and um, just didn't have, you know, life is just so busy. You'd as, finished you know, your I'm master's, sure so you were ready I'd to finish my master's, yeah. launch and I think the next thing. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's what it was. I'd finished my master's, I'd finished my final assignment, I was just waiting for my marks and all of a sudden I think I had all this free time, you know, all of a sudden I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't have assignments over my head or study to do. And the other thing is, is I guess, you know, so many people are out there on Instagram, um, especially influencers, uh, you know, promoting, you know, this exercise or do this and there was really nothing evidence-based or hard mm. facts you know out yeah. there mm-hmm. so I guess that's the other thing is it's trying to bring in what does the science tell us um and how can we implement that into day-to-day you know um, lifestyle and, and and try and help women make sense of it so yeah, yeah you're right it was a bit of a mix of finishing my master's having all this information all this knowledge and sort of wanting to share it with people being on mat mm-hmm. leave you know yeah making sure I was keeping my brain ticking over yeah 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 Yeah. there's also just such a need for it in Mackay so it's so so good yeah yeah that's to to have that yeah for the community to to access you and then what was the evolution of the mama physio to then is it women's health physio is that yeah yeah Yeah. so I um I got an opportunity to um start a 
you know, potentially start a business. And, you know, that was something so far away from my brain, you know, thinking, um, but it, it, you know, fell into my lap at the right time. And I, you know, I was such a believer that things happen for a reason mm-hmm. and timing wise. So, um, yeah, I came back. So someone my- approached you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And said, why don't you do this? And I said, well, awesome. Okay, if you believe, then I'm sure I can find that belief somewhere in me. But no, it's been amazing. So I wanted to keep my, 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 um, a lot of people said, why didn't you call it the Mama Physio? I wanted to keep the Mama Physio as not a business. I wanted to keep it as Mm -hmm. a information page. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, not trying to sell sell me or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm never saying see me. I'm always trying to, you know, go and see your women's health physio. I have a lot of people mm-hmm. that follow me from, you know, Melbourne and Sydney. So trying to, you know, just keep that as an information sharing page mm-hmm. um, and then keeping my, you know, my own, um, I guess, business um, mm-hmm. separate. So that's, and that's where women's health physio came. And interestingly, women's health physio is going to be named so many great names, but every name is taken. When you try and register a business, it's so hard to find a name, yeah. you know? Yeah, but I mean, it's clear cut, you know, people know what they're getting. Yeah, that's and I right. So, branding anyway, it's still, it gives, yeah, it's so thanks. you. Like it's, yeah, I really like your branding. And are they yeah, aligned so between the two pages as well, anyway? Yeah, so I've got an awesome, um, I've got an awesome team of people that have helped me do my branding and stuff, and they've done both. So they've kept it so it sort of link, yeah. it links together. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so Women's Health Physio Mackay was born um, as, you know, if people want a Women's Health Physio Mackay, what are they going to search? They're going to search Women's Health Physio Mackay. Yeah. So they'll be able to find mm-hmm. me. So, um, and yeah, tell and us I, about I think it. What I, does it look like? How, where do we, where can we come and see you? So, yeah, I work at Stanley House, which is opposite the market a hospital yes um near the daycare next to snap um um in there um stanley house and so yeah i've got a website coming it's just you know one of the million things on my list to actually finish Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah so i work in there um it's great so i've got the kids across the road and if you've ever seen me run across the road it's i'm going over to breastfeed my 10 month old but no so it is great they're really close by which is fantastic so um yeah so and I work two days a week um and it's seeing a mix of patients it's brilliant I get to see pregnant mums with pelvic pain I get to see postnatal mums that want to check their pelvic floor just to be proactive Mm -hmm. I see mums that have um you know started back exercise and they just feel odd or different I get you know um people that have started having sex again after having a baby and it hurts or you know Mm -hmm. even before they if they're trying to fall pregnant and they've got pelvic pain or you know so it's I I get that and then I get menopause patients I really get this really great array of women um that I see every day it's it's great you never know what's going to walk in front of the door it it, was going to walk in my door it's I've got a really Mm -hmm. cool job (laughs) and so two days a week and currently if the website's not up yet how do people actually book with you at the moment so if you go to my website, there's a book now button that takes you straight to the booking page. So I've still got okay. that up and running. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you that, can still book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you can still perfect. book um, via that. And it's got all my contact information. So I do get lots mm-hmm. of calls, um, people ringing me. And if you've ever called me on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday um, and I call you back or I answer, you always hear little uh mom mom in the background I'm sure everyone understands um working mum life but no yeah, um yeah. so yeah work um you jump on the website or yeah yeah or yeah call cool. all the information's on the website yeah, absolutely cool. and then to come and see you at the clinic people can just book through there they don't need a gp referral or anything no, like that it's just think- i've got an issue i call up or i book online and, and that's that done 
Yeah, absolutely. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do feel, think they need, they used, you used to back in the day, I'm talking yeah. probably 50 or a physio, 15 years ago, you needed a referral yeah. to see a physio. Now you don't. Um, the only time that some women want to see a one, I might send them back to their GP to get something checked or to get medications reviewed and things, but um, generally not. And you don't, you, yeah, we don't, we linger, we link in with GP. Absolutely. I tell them what we're doing and we make sure that everyone's on the right page. But I feel like sometimes women's health physio try to bring a bit of a multidisciplinary team together. We bring the mm, colorectal yeah. surgeon, we bring the gynecologist, we bring the mm-hmm. urologist, we bring the GP, we bring the psychologist and we sort of try and make sure that everyone's on the same page for this woman's journey of, um, you know, yeah. healing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So good. Amazing. So good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And so that leads me, I guess you've already kind of shared about it, but what are some of the common things that you see women coming to you for? Um, yeah, it's, it's heaps, I guess. So if I started yeah. like, you know, the base, the start of, um, of, I guess, womanhood, if you like. So it might be, you know, first thing might be pain with ta- using tampons or pain with intercourse and that's, you know, yeah, pelvic, wow. you know, too much tone some um, pelvic floor is too tight um that could lead to you know fertility you know um, when someone's trying to fall pregnant and they you know they can't have pain-free sex and their muscles are too tight so it's all that overactivity um we can Can then just ask like about that Mm. like how like I actually don't know the answer of how that's managed like if if everything's too tight like what is what yeah. are the strategies? I mean, I don't want to give your whole, no, whole answers no. away, but like, no, I'm just it's, curious. It's, again, it's information <laughs> sharing. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, if, if everything's too tight, you obviously need to loosen it. And the analogy I like to use is if you've got a sore neck, say you sleep mm-hmm. wrong, in the morning yeah. you wake up and your neck's all mm. tight, you know, the muscles are protecting it. Same idea if you've got endometriosis or you've got pelvic pain or you've got a pelvic, um, something causing pain, the muscles around the pelvis get tight and they tense up in the, in the mm-hmm. presence of pain. And so we need to loosen those muscles we need to teach them to loosen but often pelvic pain something that doesn't happen overnight like a sore neck it's often Mm -hmm. years and years and years so you've got to you know go down this track of desensitizing the area as well as loosening the muscles Mm -hmm. um so it's all about teaching women how to let go and you know Mm -hmm. we i give this analogy and you'll never forget this but if you kiss somebody you go and you open your lips. So I say to people, imagine your bum is kissing a chair and we call them butt kisses. And you just try and drop your bum <laughs> to kiss the chair. And oh, yeah, so I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to. <laughs> so that's where yeah. go. And so some women walk around tensed up all day. And I say, well, you yeah. know, every hour just just you know let try and do a little contraction and let that pelvic floor go. And it's that reminding them that they don't need to walk around all tense. They can walk yes. around. It's literally oh, like the opposite of doing yeah. a pelvic floor squeeze or lift. Which is like interesting because I feel like that's one of the biggest things. People are always like, oh, do you do your pelvic floor? Do you do your kegel? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're, if you're not actually doing the release, I guess, amongst it all. Spot on. And this, and we're getting a, up. Yeah, we're getting a whole influx of mums, even, you know, postnatal mums that have been told that you've had a tear, you've got to do pelvic floor exercises. Mm, and um, they're too tight. And they're too tight. And mm. so it just shows how it's really great to give, you know, any physio, it's so important to give, you know, mums education um, about pelvic floor exercises. But you need to make sure you're educating them and saying, well, when you do the exercise, make sure you're contracting. And yeah. you're letting go. The yeah. letting yeah, go is okay. just as important as the on. Um, and if they can't feel the on, 
go see a pelvic floor physio. If you can't feel the off, go and see a pelvic floor physio yeah. because obviously there's something yeah. going on either way. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I guess that, that overactivity, it's just like any overactive muscle in the body or, or anything that's mm-hmm. causing pain. You just need to relax, let go, um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and work through it. Yeah. Yeah, good. You don't have to put up with it. And, you know, it happens so much with people that are going through IVF. Um, you know, people that are going through IVF are told to lose weight, to get healthy, to do all the, take all these pills. They put on weight because of the medications they're taking and have lots of sex. And often they're having all these examinations. The pelvic floor muscles are just absolutely, you know, overwhelmed. Yeah. They get tired. And, you know, all of a sudden it becomes a stressful thing when it should be. Yeah. Mental yeah. stress and body stress. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, you know, again, trying to be holistic and give people exercise programs as well as letting go of their muscles and keeping active. And it's all that advice. So, yeah, I guess yeah, it's just so like I, any other program where you do your strengthening, you do your stretching. It's all like, yeah, yeah, there's all the different aspects to include. Absolutely. Yeah, so then that's I guess really if interesting. Back, if you go, if I go back to the original question of what else we treat is if yeah. we go then, so say we've done like, um, you know, we've treated the overactivity or you, you might not have any activity, but you might then come and see me because you're pregnant because you've got pelvic instability or pelvic pain or pelvic mobility and you've got, mm. you can't walk and, mm-hmm. or you might be all of a sudden wetting yourself because you're pregnant because you're coughing or sneezing. And then we do need to do pelvic floor exercises and we need to check that muscles working. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, you know, I love seeing pregnant women that come in, you know, they're, you know, 20 or 30 weeks and they're saying, um, you know, I've got no issues, Lauren, I'm fine, but I just want to check my pelvic floor is working. And, you know, if you're going in for a knee reconstruction or a hip replacement or a shoulder surgery, you go to a physio and you get exercises prehab. Yeah. You want that all the muscles to work well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, I think the message is getting out there that when you go, when you have a baby, your pelvic floor muscles stretch three times their natural length. So if a wow. muscle stretches three times its natural length, that's like my thigh touching my shoulder and then I'm keeping myself in <laughs> the bum like it's it's incredible but that must yeah. be to do it yeah, yeah that's built for that it is but then we need to make sure that we know we're we're facilitating that it that it works really great before um yeah. before birth and I guess in saying that um vaginal delivery or caesar it's pre- it doesn't matter what happened which way your birth is it's the pregnancy that's the risk factor to the pelvic floor and oh. again we we use the analogy of an elephant sitting on a trampoline. That elephant sitting on a trampoline, it doesn't have to jump. The trampoline's still going to sag. Gag. So just by being mm-hmm. pregnant, you are going to have a saggy, in inverted commas, it's not saggy, but it's going to stretch that pelvic floor. So you yeah. still need to do exercises mm-hmm. no matter no matter yeah. what. So again, mm-hmm. so then, yeah, so we're seeing pregnant ladies. Then we're seeing postnatal ladies that have had, you know, just want to check their pelvic floor or they um, have had a serious tear or they've had a episiotomy and they want to check their muscles working all of a sudden they're leaking when they cough or all of a sudden they're leaking when they sneeze and so it's yeah. then you're getting the mums that might have symptoms yeah um, and then the, the group of women that I really uh, wish that seek information earlier is the mums that come at six months postnatal that have gone back to exercising mm. and all of a sudden they've got a heaviness of bowl during continence and they yeah. could have prevented that by yeah. doing by seeing me before they went back to exercise so I guess that's mm-hmm. the group of women that I really try to hit with mama physio in saying that yeah the influencer that you see might have gone back and started lifting weights at the gym at six weeks or 12 weeks but you don't know her pelvic floor you don't know her story mm-hmm. you don't know her tummy yeah. muscles yeah so, yeah so I guess it's just trying to impact but then again back to the original question I, ta- I go tangents but yeah we see mums for <laughs> okay. tummy separation for pelvic pain for pelvic floor we see um women that have um uh mastitis or blocked yeah, ducts I was we can treat about mastitis so yeah tell us more about that 
Yeah. So, um, so breastfeeding is one of my passions. So I've actually just done my lactation consultant um, course. I just sat my big exam. Cool. So I'm just hoping that I pass, but then I can call myself a lactation <laughs> consultant. Um, but one of the things I found is a well, I guess if I was, you've already got the women there and then that is just a side problem, you can just like kind of glide onto that as well and be like okay we'll book you in again and we can cover that like it yeah. kind of just is works hand in hand really exactly and particularly mm-hmm. because um you know mum's coming in with block ducts or mastitis we can ultrasound. I didn't know you would go to a physio for that no though. and I have yes. friends that have like I have had so many friends have mastitis and all they know to do is go to the hospital and get antibiotics and that's it yeah, so um, you're right. So uh, I'll take you a step back. So um, block ducts or mastitis. So block duct is um, where the milk stops moving and you get milk leaking out of the duct and it causes compression on the duct and it squashes it, right? So you get a blockage, yeah. mm-hmm. not inside the duct, but it's coming around. Anyway, yes. then if you have a bug that gets in there in, and, and gets into that stase, that milk stasis or that still milk, usually from, you know, a nipple trauma or baby's mouth, um, that mm-hmm. then causes mastitis, which is an infection. And so if you have mastitis, you have to go on antibiotics. There's no yeah. way around it. You've got mm-hmm. to beat the infection. But what ultrasound does is it's like a heat massage. So if you've ever had mastitis or a blocked duct, you're told to put a heat pack on it and you're told to mm. massage it. And a lot of women start massaging their boob yeah, like they're massaging a cuff. Yeah, it's it's got to be really right gentle. It. It's yeah. really soft and gentle. So the ultrasound provides both of those and it creates little vibrations um, in the particles and it help, and it, stimul- it promotes, you know, um, gets rid of inflammation. It promotes white blood cell activity to help beat that infection. The other thing, cool thing ultrasound does is a bacteria has a little shell on it uh-huh. and um, the ultrasound actually breaks that shell and allows yeah, it to get in. So it actually, oh. so it actually gets rid of the, inform- the infection quicker. Infection and I guess, quicker. Yeah. And I guess if someone has, um, if someone has mastitis that's reoccurring, then you, they're obviously not getting rid of the, the, the blocked area. And that's what yeah. ultrasound will do. We'll get rid of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you have a blocked duct or, you know, reoccurring blockage or sore spot or mastitis, um, I do get lots of GPs now referring to me and I offer that Amazing. service. Yeah, and I often say, you know, if, if you if you have a blocked duct, I hope too many people don't listen to this in my time, but um, I hope lots of people listen to it. But if, if people get a blocked duct, I always say text me because I often just come <laughs> around with my ultrasound machine and my two kids in tow and we just do it at your home because you often need, you often need that. I'm here. Where's <laughs> the blocked duct? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you can't really put it off for too long. You also yeah. need that, that treatment um, early. So, um, yeah, again, yeah, I do. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, with mastitis in general, it's just quite time sensitive. So I think the message for women out there is if anything's like going south or your boobs, are, you know, look like they're not doing well, that it's better to sort of seek help ASAP because yeah. it's not just going to self-resolve itself. It, it needs to be, yeah, it needs to be zapped with the ultrasound or antibiotics from the GP and then off to the, off to the physio. Yeah, and you're, and, uh, you're right because if you don't deal with it quick, then it, it, it's literally it's just a it's a um, it, one leads to another. So you know, nipple trauma mm-hmm. can lead to a blocked duct, can lead to you know, um, or engorgement can lead to a blocked duct, can lead to mastitis. It's all these little things. So if you try and nip it in the butt early, and yeah. you can nip mm-hmm. it in the butt like with a visit to your GP or a lactation consultant, and that's why I did when I did my lactation consultant course because I found that I'd getting mums into treating, and then I couldn't. It was sort of out of my scope to. Yeah. Mm-hmm 
assess how baby was attaching or you know but now I can and so again it's one less place the mum has to go it's holistic and that's how it should be yeah 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 yeah. and that's and that's great so where I work is I work alongside um a gynecologist some gynecologists and so it's great so I can you know if I'm ever worried about someone's pelvic floor I've seen something I'm not sure of I can always move over and say can you come look at that? So it's, we're really, yeah. you know, they have someone walk in and this woman, this mum's in tears because she can't walk. And so then I can fit them with a belt or something. So, you yeah. know, we try and make sure these mums are getting looked yeah. after, you know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Referring backwards and forwards and then yeah. Yeah, getting definitely be. the support they need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so then um, again, I'm even going back. I'm good at bringing back. But anyway, you are very good at bringing back because then I, I'm like, time. <laughs> I'm like, keep telling gone. me about the mastitis. So mastitis and then going on from that, you know, so then we treat um, post-menopause. So there's two times in life that you want to be really careful and it's pregnancy, childbirth and mass, and, and menopause because when you go through menopause, you lose estrogen and estrogen yes. um, causes um all the injuries during childbirth to come back to light. So, you know, oh you can all of a sudden you know, get prolapse and things. So you want to make sure that you've dealt with everything before you go through menopause. So we get lots <clears> of people <throat> that come through with menopause with all these, you know, new incontinence or new prolapse. Um, and then we also treat breast cancer patients. So um, if you've had um, breast cancer, radiation, mastectomy, um, you can actually have limited range of movement. And a lot of the flaps and reconstructions they do, they affect, you know, the lats and the shoulder and stuff. So we can, you know, make sure we're, um, you know, assisting with that. And that said, you know, gynecological cancers, you know, if you have radiation to your vagina, it's going to get quite tight so again we've got to go down the loosening track and the stretching track so yeah yeah, it's really my job as I said is awesome because I can I don't know what I'll get in a day whether it's a you know adolescent or a pregnant or a postnatal or a post-cancer I'm really lucky (laughs) yeah I had no idea the scope to to be really honest I really had no idea of the scope and you're right, Kat, because so many people say to me, I didn't even know you existed. Like mums yeah. will come in and say, I didn't even yeah. know your job existed. And I guess that's great because they've never needed me. Um, yeah. But again, it's just making people aware that someone like me, you know, exists, that you shouldn't have to put up with these symptoms. So it's yeah. just making it more, yeah. you know, vogue. Yeah, and I think um, like linking back to how there's, there's such a vulnerability when it comes to these things. And often it's just not spoken about enough. It is still quite taboo even even now today um, to, I mean, I would, I'd be like, oh, I'm weaning myself. I'd tell Caitlin that in a heartbeat <laughs> or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I've had friends who are like, oh, no, like I know she's definitely having problems, but she won't tell me about it or, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, there still is very taboo, but to know that what you can offer and someone can come in and see you and be trusted and know that mm-hmm. then you have there's such a breadth of skills to support them and potentially mm-hmm. get them in the hands of someone else who's going to be just as caring and nurturing because you have those links to others. It's mm-hmm. so important. Yeah, Absolutely. you're right. And, and particularly with, with like, you know, female issues, I mean, sometimes it's not just one, you know, therapist that can help, but it's then having knowing having a therapist that I guess knows where to send you and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. is happy to link you in. And I, yeah. um, I said to a, a patient the other day, you know, even if I can't help you, I'll do my best to make sure you get to someone that will, you know, I think it's, yeah. that, that, I think that's a, a really um, privilege in my job is to get to people's vulnerabilities. And it's interesting because some people won't tell me on the first appointment that, 
Mm. They have problems with, you know, they can't hold on to wind or they can't, they have to run because they have their accidents with, you know, fecal incontinence Mm -hmm. because they feel that's really embarrassing. But it comes up Mm -hmm. in the second appointment and they go, I feel like I can tell you now or they tell me after I've checked, you know, done a vaginal. So it's also like that building of rapport Rapport. and sort of them getting to know you and feeling comfortable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, that's going to be different for everyone. Even Spot if it on. takes an appointment or two, if they feel like they're getting that nice vibe and they feel safe and at least they're going to come back. They probably know that they need to say it eventually, but they're just sort of yeah. warming up to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I feel really, really honoured that, you know, people can share some of their most so much deeper symptoms or darker symptoms mm-hmm. or embarrassing symptoms. And, you know, I feel like people go, oh, I, I don't, you don't know if I should tell you this, but as a women's health physio, I've heard it all. Like I've literally, Mm -hmm. there is nothing that shocks me. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, there might be, but I've got a very (laughs) poker face. But, you know, there's, there's, I think it's so important to have someone like that in your corner though. Like, yeah, it makes me reflect. I remember I was pregnant with baby Kate and I got such bad hemorrhoids. It's like so badly. And I remember my husband was away. And I was like, I just don't, and I'd never had them before. And I was like, I just don't know to what degree, like how bad this hemorrhoid is. Like, what am I going to do about it? And I had a GP who I really loved and I've built this beautiful relationship with. And I was like, I'm just going to have to book in and get, get her to look at my hemorrhoid. And I was like, I was really like ashamed. But at the same time, I was like, I know that she's going to be fine with this. And I walked in and I was like, I started crying. I was like, I've got a hemorrhoid and you're going to have to look at my bum. And she was like, yeah, yeah that's fine. it's my she's, job. She just put her hand <laughs> on my shoulder and was like, Yeah, let's look, let's have a look. Yeah. And it was just, you know, like you have to be held in those times when you're feeling so you vulnerable do. and just need some. And yeah, she was like, That's a big one, but you're going to be okay. It's all right, you know? And so I was like, Okay, cool. But, but yeah. you're spot on. And I think, I think that's where I guess my, I really love and I'm lucky with my job is that we do have to hold women's hands. And I don't yeah. think anyone could do this job. And not that I'm saying that I'm, you know, there's millions of great women's health physios out there. Mm. But, you know, you really need to find, you know, if anyone's listening that's scared to go, you just need to go sign up, find someone that you mesh well with. You don't yeah. mesh well with everybody in life. But yeah. as you said, Kat, you find a really great GP and you stick with them. So yeah. you find someone mm-hmm. that's, you know, really great for you and, you know, gets along well with you. And, yeah, hopefully that you can they can take you along their journey of um, you know, pelvic floor recovery or whatever yeah. you know, that may be. Yeah. And then I just wanted to ask, um, I guess being a physio, I also when I studied, um, I remember very vividly the um women's health like tutorial. And I just yeah. remember learning things and being like, I did not know. I'm like, you know, well and truly into my study that. And I'm like, I didn't know that this was part of being a physio. Like you just think ACLs, shoulder recons, sore back, sore neck. And then it was like this whole light switch went on. I was like, I did not know that this was a physio job. And this is someone that was studying to be a physio. So can only imagine how many people out there Mm -hmm. have got no idea that physios help with this. Oh, absolutely. Um, And when I was doing my master, when I was doing my postgrad, my first start of studying, I was, I was a bit of physio for five years, right? So I, you know, mm-hmm. knew what muscles did. And I remember them showing us how we should go to the toilet, how you should be pooing. And mm-hmm. I rang my mum and I said, mum, 
I've been pooing wrong my whole life and mm-hmm. you never taught me. And she's like, yeah, what? there's a wrong way to poo. And there's <laughs> like, I'm going to teach you, mom. Yeah. I'm going to teach you a thing or so, two. So don't worry if you thought there was stuff that you did because yeah. like, there was still stuff that when I went and did this was like, I never knew this. Just life, like, you know, mm, I, I had know. a cat. So, yeah. It, yeah. And, but I, I guess what I'm leading on to is that yeah. I know that women's health physios do internal examinations. So I guess I would just like you to maybe talk through when that would be necessary and then the sort of things that you're actually looking for when you would do an internal. Yeah, great question because this is something that I love debugging, <laughs> not debugging, yeah. but telling women about. Because I just want to normalise it and people to be, you know, prepared mm. or understand why and what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, some women come in and expecting a vaginal exam. They just think that's that's what we do. And then other women come in and they're like, what you, you you're gonna do what? yeah so um yeah so I guess what to expect for an appointment you come in and as you probably already know I love to chat I can chat <laughs> so we have a really good chat to start with we get to know all of your you know what's bothering you what's your problems are and even if you're coming in for something to do with urine like your wee pipe or your incontinence we'll always then check your bowels because now bowels are going to impact our, our bladder and, and vice versa so we do get a holistic pelvic history from you if you like you know Mm. whether that's pain um and you know birthing um surgery history what we then just sort of want to teach you is what your pelvic floor is so we get out lots of diagrams lots of pictures and we show you what your pelvic floor is and we try to educate you so then you know what to do and i guess lots of women are surprised there's two layers of the pelvic floor there's a a layer that's close to your knickers and a a layer layer that's deeper and you need to make sure that you're working both of them because if you're only working one if you're squeezing one and and lifting or you're not lifting and squeezing you can still be giving incontinence so we try to show them what could be happening based on their symptoms and that then leads to um, a pelvic floor check now the way I you know say to women if I wanted to check that your bicep or your shoulders working I'd you know take your you take your t-shirt off and I'd have a look and I'd check that it looks right and I check that it moves right and I check the muscles are working properly the same with your pelvic floor we just want to check the muscles are working correctly the muscles are attached in the right places and that you're actually getting the technique right and then I show them a squat and I say I could squat and I do a good squat and then I say and I could also squat like this and I like bend in half and I say my head's still getting to the same position but um, one is using the right muscles and one is using the wrong muscles. Yeah. So we want to check mm-hmm. that you're actually doing it right. There's a stat out there that 60% of women are actually incorrectly contracting their pelvic floor. They're actually bearing down, which would potentially yeah, make well, symptoms worse. Yes. So again, mm-hmm. I, I give them all this information. I say, and you know, we, we sort of re- rationalize and explain why we need to do the assessment. Then the women, all women have a choice. There's not, there's nothing, you don't have to do anything you're uncomfortable with, you know. So we, you know, say that, you know, this is why we would like to do it. We, we can use ultrasound, ultrasound, real-time ultrasound, like when you're having a baby and we check, we can look at your pelvic floor or we look at your bladder is impact on your pelvic floor. So we can check it there, but it just has lots of limitations because we can't see the different layers. We can't see the technique. We can't see how strong you are. We can't see if there's an, a, um, a, a muscle defect or anything. So there is limitations, but obviously if someone doesn't feel comfortable, we, we go down that track. But then the vaginal exam is probably, once people have done it, again, it's probably the most easiest, you know, again, it's very daunting you know even as a when I was a student learning when I was learning this in my master's again it's daunting you know doing it on it you know other physios but it's really easy when I when I 
GP does a vaginal exam, they do a pap smear, they get the speculum and they pop it in and they want to look. They get the light out, they get the torch out, they get right up in there and they want to look. Women's Health Physio, they want to feel and assess the muscles. So we have a look at the external surface first. We talk you through what we're seeing. We get you to cough, we get you to bear down. We want to see what's happening. And then it's gloved, lube, single finger, and we're just checking muscles. So most of the time I'm looking at the patient in the eyes I'm chatting to them I'm telling them what to do and we're just assessing and feeling what the muscles are doing and you know we talk them through what we're finding and lots of women actually when they first contract their pelvic floor in that instance are probably doing maybe 50% of the contraction or wrong and then when you leave I say the goal when you before you get off the bed I want you to know that what you're doing is 100% correct so we teach them that oh hang on you weren't using this muscle or you weren't using this muscle it'd be like me tapping and saying hang on make this muscle work a little bit more and Mm -hmm. so then so then they leave knowing that they're doing the right thing and whatever exercise mm-hmm. program we've set up is specific to what they can do, which yeah. is mm-hmm. what is that's what a vaginal exam um, can do. But you're right. So many women, a lot of women don't expect it. Some, some mm-hmm. women do, but it is, it's as, as I say to women and I've never pressure anybody into anything, but that's literally all I do all day is mm-hmm. I check vaginas and yeah, I check they're working so well. So normal it's, for you. But so I've got I to guess be, yeah. each individual woman is going to come in with their, yeah, you know, their own sort of feeling about it. Absolutely. And would, and- would would you ever be checking for a prolapse when you're Always. doing that assessment as well? Yeah. So and- an assessment. Yeah. Go so, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Me. Let's explain what a prolapse is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Get the so- one I wanted. Get the physio That's talk what I want to minimum know. here. <laughs> so, so, so people might come in. So, so people might come in to me and tell me that they're leaking wee, and then we want to definitely check their muscles, right? And, and not only their muscle strength, but can it, is a muscle quick enough to turn on to beat a cough? Because mm. they might have good strength, but they might not have the coordination to pair it. So we're checking yeah. muscle strength absolutely. Prolapse we check on every woman, um, and it's just part of a routine assessment. So what a prolapse is is a prolapse defined is literally something falling down mm-hmm. and so our urethra our wee pipe and our rectum our anus have muscles around them and so they actually have their own support mechanism however our vagina that sits in the middle has mm-hmm. no muscle around it like a circumference muscle it's only got the pelvic floor that acts as the hammock yeah. and so um, if you bear down cough strain laugh um, and sometimes the bladder or the bowel can then fall into that vaginal space and it causes what's called a prolapse Mm -hmm. and so what the symptoms for that are is like a vaginal heaviness or a vaginal dragging or a bulge in their vagina or an egg feeling or they can literally feel something falling out of their vagina yeah Mm -hmm. and look I've got women that have had babies that are you know 27 30 that have prolapses and I've got women that Mm -hmm. only notice it when they're you know going through menopause so it can affect women in all stages of life Mm um yeah yeah, I think I didn't realize that I feel like I feel I think I think I thought you just got it after birth I didn't think that later on it could happen you know And I think that's where it comes back. So a lot of women get it early on postnatally and sometimes it can reverse because we've got beautiful estrogen in our vagina. Estrogen's like the yes. Botox of the face. It sort of plumps beautiful. up your vagina. Yeah. Love that. Then you go through menopause and you lose your estrogen and everything goes mm-hmm. saggy and that's mm-hmm. where things tend to drop. And so if you haven't mm-hmm. addressed that, so the pelvic floor literally acts as like a support hammock for those organs. And if the mm-hmm. support hammocks, you know, that stretch trampoline that we talked about, the, yeah. you know, they've got room to fall down and you know Mm -hmm. usually treatment for that if you leave it too long 
is unfortunately surgery um, and surgeries only last, you know, they, they'd have a better success rate now. So surgery is what they're going to do is they're going to lift up that prolapse. They're going to pull it up, but yeah. then over time that can fall back down again. again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now gynecologists are referring people to physio for prehab because it actually allows a surgery Amazing. to last longer, which is pretty cool because now that we know that if you've got a support mechanism underneath and we lift yeah. the prolapse, we lift the organ up, then you're going to have a surgery that lasts. Stronger but in saying already. that, yeah, but in saying that prolapse, you know, if you've got a prolapse and you're a postnatal woman, I'd be putting a pessary in. And again, there's a that whole. That was my new next question. I, that was my next yeah. question. Is just to touch on so what a pessary incredible. is and how that's going to help manage a prolapse because I think that's really, really helpful for people to know. And I think, um, you know so many women have pessaries and you just wouldn't know like yeah. um pessary is literally like a little like it's like a like it, you put an angle brace on because a little stru- your ankle a little structure it's a structure that helps support your vagina so it acts as like a little lift rupper inside yeah. your vagina and you can and you even don't... use them when you're pregnant can't you if you're having like pain <laughs> like like prolapse pain yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's okay. the, it's the same same the weight of the baby is causing a bit of prolapse yeah so we we you've got to be very cautious the reason you've got to be cautious in pregnancy is you don't want any increased risk of infection yeah so mm-hmm. um if you've had a pessary before gynecologists are pretty happy for you to keep going but if you've got a prolapse formed during pregnancy we tend to uh try and manage as best we can without putting another device in that your body hasn't gotten used to and then you're pregnant we don't want to risk an infection but early postnatally like you know that 12 week mark when you're starting to get back and walking and you you might notice that prolapse there's been there hasn't been any studies in this so I can't say that I can't have any evidence to back me up but I see it in the clinic every day. We put a pro, we put a pessary in a woman that's twelve or sixteen weeks post delivery, right? We put it in. They've got lower estrogen because they're breastfeeding, so their vagina is a little bit more dry. Mm. If you've ever had if you've had sex after you've had a baby, it's a little bit more harsh because it's a little bit more dry. You need a little bit more lube. So we put a we put a pessary in. They wear it for four or five months, and then they come back and see me and go. I went for a run. I forgot to put my my pessary in, and my my prolapse didn't come out. And we check them, and their prolapse is gone or it's reversed. Now, wow. if you've ever if you've ever been taught about a prolapse, you actually can't reverse a stretch. You've, a stretch a stretch area can't be reversed. But some reason in this postnatal period, these because of the hormones or something, and it's probably yeah, supporting it, and then the hormones repairing. So I guess that's a really good message yeah. for mums. That, Go and mm-hmm. do something early. Don't and so with a pessary, yeah. though, do you like so you put it in and out for four or five months? Do you take it in and out every day? Yep. Yep. So you can, it depends on the type of pessary. Um, there's rings, mm. there's cubes, there's ovals, there's all these cool ones. Yeah. To, it's trial and error, so not one. So your, your role would be showing them how to put it in and out yep. and making sure they got the right one. Do you have different ones that yep. you would trial? Yep. 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 So okay. if you've, if you've fit a pessary with me, sometimes you get it right in the first go. Sometimes it takes four or five appointments to get the right one because it might work when you, when you, when you're in the clinic and we get you to run on the spot and lift some weights and stuff, but then you go home and you lift the kids and you cook dinner and it falls out or, you know, it aches mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it, there's a trial and error, but um, you, you, I say to people, you could either treat them like glasses, take them off every night before you go to bed. So you take your pessary out every night. Some of them you can leave in for up to a week. Some of them you have, can have sex with. Some of them you can't. Okay, um, but, that was another question I had. <laughs> yeah, but but they're all yeah. different. And it's depending on, um, the, you know, the woman's vagina, um, what pessary we use, depending on what we recommend. But Yeah, like it's a personal the, thing. Not all vaginas are the same. Not all They aren't. Walls. They really aren't. 
And if you have, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have a pest refit by a pest by a physio, you have to be able to take it in and out yourself. So part yeah. of the mm-hmm. part of the sign up is that you're not going to leave it in forever. Gynecologists can put pessaries in, so and leave them for six months, and you can go in, they take it out, and put a new one in. A physio, I, I like it because. Um, you can you can take it in and out when you want. So the the, the discharge because one of the things if you've got a pessary is you, your vagina thinks it needs to clean itself a lot more. So you get a little oh, bit more discharge. Oh, and so a lot of women hate it because they've got a little bit more discharge. But again, if you're taking it out, it, your vagina feels like it's getting that rest. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit more, and pe- people tend to wear them and continue with them for a little bit longer. But they are incredible. I don't think we give enough credit to pessaries, and some women have no idea what they even are. But they are. They are seriously one of the best tools as physios we've got. To, yeah, like, yeah, they're like women, a little magic trick. I had never heard of a pessary until like six months ago and that yeah. was because someone I knew got one and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I went and Googled and I was like, what has she got? Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they literally like women will get off the bed and not burst into tears but almost like it's gone. Like it's yeah. not there and all yeah. of a sudden they can run. That's and again, so that brings, good. And it brings me back to why I love my job is because I love exercising. And so if someone said to me, you can't run, like I hate yeah. having to tell a woman not to run or not to do yeah. hit or not to go to if, whatever her exercise thing is, yeah. you want to try and mm-hmm. give them the tools so that they can go and do what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm, so, yeah, pessaries are cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to Google them again because yeah. I forget, I think I forget what they look like. Um, yeah, so they're, they're all different ones. You'll see yeah. lots of cool. Yeah. So they're the common things that you kind of, well, not the common, but they're the range of things that you see. Yeah. So taking that into account, taking into account, I guess, why don't you give Caitlin and I top tips for us? So a lot of our listeners are probably around Caitlin and I and your age. Yeah. But in our childbearing years, we've had a child or two wanting to have more. Tell us from a woman's health physio, what's your top tips for us? The top tips would be is learn what your pelvic floor is Mm. um, and learn what it does. So make sure as a childbearing mum or, you know, pregnant mum or a postnatal mum or whatever you are, make sure you know what a pelvic floor contraction feels like because we know that if you're doing pelvic floor when you're pregnant, you're going to reduce the risk of tearing. You're going to have a quicker second stage, which is your pushing stage. Mm -hmm. You're going to recover faster and you're going to have less risk of incontinence. So, you know, I don't have to sell pelvic floor exercises. They literally sell themselves. The evidence tells us that. So top tips would be learn your pelvic floor and learn how to do it correctly. And even if that's, you know, I love it when mums come in and they've got no symptoms, right? They're symptomless and they're just mums and they say I just want to check I'm doing my pelvic floor I'm like brilliant they just want the education yeah yes if I can educate you then you can then tell a friend you don't that friend might not need an internal assessment but they then you can actually tell them oh Lauren teaches it like an elevator door or you know a flower blooming or a pebble dropping it's got the analogy it's Mm -hmm. it's in your mind you can relate to it yeah and then you can do it so I guess you know learn what your pelvic floor is learn how it contracts and then make sure you do it and I think mm, that's my mm. biggest tip is that, you know, when you go for a run, you come back all sweaty. Or if you go to the gym, you feel like you've done a workout. We often forget about our pelvic floor because we can't see it. We can't, we can't watch mm-hmm. it. Like if I'm doing pelvic floor contraction, you wouldn't be able to tell. And so finding time that fits in your day. And 
you know, I try and suggest to mums a real like times that I find it helpful when I do my pelvic floor. But, you know, you've got to find time in your day because if you can't put it into your daily routine, it's like brushing your teeth. You do it morning and night, just what yeah. you do. So you just mm-hmm. want that pelvic floor to become just part of that routine. Yeah. Yeah. Because all you're going to do is set yourself up to um, stay continent, which is one, a bother, and two, can be very, you know, embarrassing. Mm. Um, and, you know, not that anyone's ever thinking about ageing, you know, it's never going to happen to us and things. Yeah. But the leading or the second leading reason for nursing home admissions is incontinence, not being able to manage incontinence. So even yeah. if it's not you, you're telling your mum, mum, do you probably fall? Because I don't want to be changing mm-hmm. your nappy. Again, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, it's telling people and, and educating. So, yeah, I guess the top tips are learn what it is, learn how to do it yourself so you know how to do it um, and make sure you do it. They're the, they're yeah. the, they're the, the three. And while I've got you, why don't I just tell you how to do it? Like why don't you yeah. two give it a go? Yeah, go I'm for ready. it. Talk, <laughs> us, talk us through it. So imagine, so you've got to step nice and straight, you know, in, in, in a way you can. And um, we can bias, you know, bladder or bowel. So we tend to say if you lean really far forward that you can bias your waterworks or your urethra or your wheel mm-hmm. pipe and you lean back, you can bias your bowel. So if you're experiencing more likely to experience a fecal incontinence, you can squeeze more if you lean back through your back passage. And if you lean forward, it's more through your urethra. Yeah. But what I want you to imagine is imagine your vagina is an elevated door and it's facing down. The doors are looking down to the ground. You're going to fall yeah. out of this elevator. It's a terrible elevator. And imagine what you're trying to do is you're trying to squeeze those, those lateral walls. So side to side, you're trying to squeeze those walls of, the, of your vagina side to side, squeeze them together, and then you want to lift that up and then you want to let it go and then open. And then what you should try and feel mm. is the close, lift, drop, open. So I'll do it again. Imagine those doors are closing from underneath. You're squeezing closed. Then you're lifting up towards your belly button. Then you're dropping down and opening up. And so mm. if you don't feel the close and the lift or the let go and the drop, that's when I'd be saying go and see a physio because you might mm-hmm. be doing it wrong. And then I'm if really- you then... I'm really focusing on the dropping down and opening. Me too. Since we talked I about was it like, earlier. It took me a little bit to get onto um yeah opening it. Not I feel like I was just finishing it dropping, you know. Yeah. 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 And so you could just yeah. finish and drop because the squeeze is actually fatigued. So some people come in and go, I think I'm overactive. I can't feel the let go. I can't feel the drop. And you go, it could be over, it could be staying on, but it also could be so weak that it's actually already it's letting go and dropping off. Yeah, you don't yeah. even have yeah. another muscle to actively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And to, to, to do it. And and when you do it, you shouldn't be able to see you doing it. You shouldn't breath hold, you shouldn't pull your belly mm-hmm. button in, you shouldn't tense your bum. It's all internal. And you know, a really good trick is to try to stop your wee. So it's okay to try and stop your wee once, right? If you do it once, that's fine. Yeah. But it's doing it over and over and over. That actually trains your bladder to only half squeeze. So right, we have it mm-hmm. say to people, don't keep oh. doing that because it's really bad for your bladder. And then you end up coming to see me for urgency problems, problems yeah. that you can't hold on to your wee. So really important that you just if you can't really grasp the, the concept of it, you just do one and then feel what it feels like. And then when you finish weeing, then do your exercises. So a great way to do yeah. exercises is, is sitting on the toilet after you finish weeing. Like you're just, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. you've got the muscles going on. Yeah, I love so, your mm-hmm. video where um, you do the balloon with the wee yeah. and it's like you shouldn't. And I like I just loved it. And I think I think of you often when I'm weeing because Good. I was someone who was, <laughs> I was a, 
I was a pusher. Like I was yes. pushing my wee out, not just relaxing and letting so it So just out. talk me through what the balloon video is. So it's like a video where we talk about that your bladder fills up like a balloon and it should just then empty completely like this. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to, you don't want to bear down from the top because your bladder is a muscle, right? So it should, it's a muscle like our heart um, and our diaphragm to an extent. It's a smooth muscle. So you don't need to think about it. It just does it itself, right? Mm -hmm. So when it contracts, you want to contract it down. But if you're, if you squeeze your pelvic floor underneath your bladder, you actually stop your bladder working and so your bladder learns to squeeze relax squeeze relax squeeze relax so if you're someone that keeps trying to stop their wee midstream you're actually training your bladder muscle to stop start stop start stop start stop start and if you train that it might stop and be half full that's where you're going to get a UTI that's when you're going to get urgency that's when you're going to get problems down the track so you want to make sure when you're emptying your bladder it's a full empty it's a complete Mm -hmm. empty so you don't want us to do that stop start but yeah go watch the video it hopefully makes a bit yeah, more sense so good. My hands. and like when you do when you're when you've got the <laughs> so like the balloon's got water in it and then lauren just lets the wee like just lets the wee come the wee the water yeah the come water, out the and just let the balloon lets the balloon contract itself which mm-hmm. which the wee yes. comes out in this beautiful easy flow and then the next video lauren actually squeezes it and is like forcing it out and the and it's like going everywhere like yeah yeah, and you don't okay. need to do that. You're using the muscle and it is of causing your tummy. that. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just, it was, it's really good because I, even sometimes if I wee in the shower, I don't know if that's appropriate, Santa Claus goes, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh my God. And you can tell in the flow that you're like, you're really forcing it out unnecessarily because it's just like, yeah. Shh. And as a mum, I guess we try and wee under pressure because I've always got a kid yelling at oh, us. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. in a hurry. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's important to not only let your bladder do its own thing and not bear down because if you bear down again, you're going to re- increase your risk of prolapse um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and things. So it's important that you let your bladder do its own thing, but then also not try and force it with your, your pelvic floor. So I guess there's two yeah. really good messages there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And I think as well, not being afraid of um, examinations, obviously if you've, um, you've got any tr- trauma or history of abuse, you will struggle, struggle potentially with um, a vaginal examination, but mm-hmm. But in, in general, it's it's really not something to be scared of. It's it's not even I know I I don't have discomfort when I get a um pap smear, but it's it's a it's completely different to even that. Correct. Like, yeah. Like yeah. After yeah. I had less. my second daughter, I had a vaginal exam, and she she was like, "Oh, do you want one or not?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in there. Tell me how good I'm going." And it was <laughs> it was really good. Like I so I had third degree tears after that birth and I had had an episiotomy and she was like I had no incontinence and blah 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 and I was kind of like am I being too positive about this recovery like that's why I actually wanted her to check because maybe I'm I tend to be a really glass full person I'm over positive so I was like maybe I think I'm doing really well and I'm not and Mm. so yeah she did the examination and we were just chatting the whole time and she just made me feel really comfortable just as you described that you would and, and it was fine. And then I had also torn into my bum. So I had to have yeah. an anal exam as well. And again, yeah. it was over so quickly. And it was so, mm-hmm. she made me feel so normal and comfortable that I would imagine someone seeing you, Lauren, would feel exactly the same. So there's no embarrassment in getting examinations like this done. There's only so much to gain from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, it's great. You had a really good experience. I'm really happy that, you know, it, it, it is, yeah. it, it's, it's, it is a bit scary, but a lot of women just want to know, want to yeah. know how good mm-hmm. they are, want to know. Um, and I think that you've two really just that important- reassurance. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. two important points you said is that obviously anyone with any, you know, sort of abuse or, or trauma history, we are yeah. so mindful of that. And we yeah. are we do we do prompt and ask those questions, but we don't push that to be shared either. That's something that if someone wants to, you know, share that's you know, thanked and you know, but we're very, very mindful of that. But then two a whole nother topic that we could do a whole nother thing on. But anyway, is third and fourth degree tears that whole, you know, I think that so many women, you know, get a third and fourth degree tear and it is just sort of brushed off as oh, you've had mm. a third and fourth degree tear. Yeah. But there is so much rehab needed. We'll have to get you back tears. on and you can but talk yeah. us through it. Cause I would love to, but if you do have not third and fourth degree tears, yeah, make sure you just link in with somebody that, you know, can work you through. Cause it's just, yeah. you just got to train those anal muscles as well as your pelvic floor muscles just two yeah. two two Too muscles different. yeah 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 and knowing yeah. how to do that and she taught me the knack as well at that time and she's like if yeah. you can learn the knack now you'll be thanking me when you're an old lady and I was like mm-hmm. okay yeah, exactly. And the neck is just a timed pelvic floor contraction. It's yes. just got a fancy name. It's literally just yeah. recontract. It's, it's but I think really it's not... good because it makes it stick with people because you've yeah. got to do the neck. Yeah, it just yeah. rings yeah. in your mind. Um, and, well, maybe we should definitely, well, maybe not. I'm saying the wrong words. We should definitely get you back for um, like a talk on tears because we do talk mm-hmm. a lot about pregnancy and, uh, you know, I'm pre- predominantly my massage client based is yes. pregnancy predominantly Kate's one-to-one yoga can be pregnancy and we're all kind of interacting with a lot of women around the age that would be potentially experiencing that and I feel like I I had third degree tests and I still don't even really understand what happened and what I should be aware of in my future births and you know Mm -hmm. like they just tell you that's what happened that's what you had see you later and that's yeah and I remember mm-hmm. I was sending you through all those information sheets because yes. you what just were like, I've been given like no information. And I was like, here you go, mate, yeah. sending them through. But yeah, I think it's really important that everyone's just yeah educated on what, what their body's gone through and how best to help it recover. Spot on. I think, I think as you said, knowledge is power. That's it exactly is, right. Yeah. If you're educated, then you know what to expect. You know, what to, you know the right questions to ask. And then... Yeah. I did want to just ask super quick before we wrap yeah. up um, with Harvey and with Charlie, was there anything with your births that you, I guess it's one thing to teach people and educate people, but then when you're experiencing it, I know that when I went through my <laughs> postpartum, I was like, Oh my God, like these things are happening that I'd be like, Oh, like it would take me a little while to click. And then I'd be like, Oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. But I yeah. guess you've got so much more knowledge in the women's health area. Was there anything that was interesting for you to experience and to mm. live sort of firsthand? Yeah, well, I think I'd be absolutely lying if I said I was looking forward to childbirth because all I <laughs> see is broken. Like, yeah. yeah. All, I do see, but all I see are like third, fourth degree tears, uh, you know, people mm-hmm. that have painful sex, people that have bad prolapses. So I was. You yeah, see when it I, goes wrong, because obviously the prepped. women, when it goes right, don't need to come <laughs> to you. That's mm-hmm. right. So um, I was, you know, I, I was, you know, pumped and I was going to do this. And yeah, absolutely. But um, Harvey was breech. So with Harvey, he was breech and also a little bit small so he actually ended up having to be a Caesar and we ended up down in Brisbane for a few weeks he was a bit of an unwell baby so um but he's all fine now so he ended up being a Caesar but it was again great to experience the you know the side of having to rehab abdominal muscles Mm -hmm. and understand that my pelvic floor was still really weak Mm -hmm. because I carried a baby and so I could you know you know reinforce that with women even Um, that abdominal recovery I've had one mm -hmm. c-section and one vaginal and my 
seized action recovery, I felt like I'd dead seven mm. hit by a fucking bus <laughs> for a really long time. Yeah, I know. And that's and that's it because not only are they cutting over your abdominal muscles, but 100%, this is just another stat for you, 100% of women that have a baby have abdominal separation. So yeah. a every single woman that is pregnant has abdominal separation. So you have to do some sort of abdominal rehab if everybody mm -hmm. does because it all But I didn't do any. Who does that yeah. with you? Your physio. No, I know. Normally physio. So normally when you do a six-week check, so now there's this new in-trend thing that, you know, physio, you have a, a six-week check with your gynecologist, obstetrician, um, GP, whoever your primary care health provider is, and then a six yeah. or eight week check with your women's health physio. And that's where you check. They're not going to check your pelvic floor muscles. They might check your, you know, your pap smear and um, check that you, your tears healing, but they're not going to check your muscles. So we check your pelvic floor muscles and check your tummy. Um, and I think your tummy muscles, we give you exercises for your tummy and your pelvic floor because we know they do have this crossover effect yeah. and that your pelvic floor is weak. Your tummy will be weak and okay. vice versa. But Really important to, you know, get those abs working, particularly for future pregnancies and back pain and posture and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I distracted you then. You had a C-section with your first So, one. yes, I had a C-section with Harvey um, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I had to rehab myself and, you know, I hated it because I wanted to be running and I couldn't because mm. I knew I had to wait this time for these muscles and rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. um, And then, yeah, Charlie was, you know, hopefully V-back. It's going to be great. You know, I'm going to be awesome. I've taught myself up. And Charlie was transverse, so straight sitting across. So <laughs> I, my body was just not meant, my, for some reason, my babies did not want to ever get my pelvis so for yep. some reason they were both caesars and i both mm -hmm. they were both beautiful births they were both mm -hmm. great yeah um, and that's one thing i do try and i get so many other other point I, I guess to make is so many women come in upset about their birth upset about what happened upset that they feel like they failed and at the end of the day i really try not to use a natural i don't know how what you guys do but i try not to use natural versus cesarean i really try and say vaginal and cesarean mm -hmm. yeah because it's not yes yes it is it was natural. necessary you, but it's, you it's know, whatever you, you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah still so, necessary. And I think that you having those two cesareans would just make you so much more compassionate and insightful to support those women that even feel that way just to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like a cesarean recovery is. Yeah. In my experience, it was significantly more under acknowledged than my vaginal birth mm. post care. As in, like, I was just, they just expected me to get up and be walking around doing everything for my baby the next day. And then I was just told not to drive and, and off yeah. I go home. No, I, I don't, I don't remember, you know, this is going back three years. So I have, I must have a terrible memory, but I don't remember anyone. I remember them maybe checking my ab separation, but not telling me do this mm -hmm. rehab and do yeah. this and do that. Yeah. Yeah, so I do. I do know at the base when I've worked in women's health, that it's a blanket referral that a physio will see every single cesarean. I love um, that. I think, and I think that, yeah. women, I think that, I think it should be blanket referral on childbirth. And this yeah. is yeah. in, in, um, in France and in Norway or Netherlands, they have a blanket referral on, on, um, on everybody and you get five free government funded physio sessions postnatally to get your Amazing. pelvic floor going because we know that it's going to unclog the hospital system for yes. you know for, yeah, for, for prolapse surgery and continent surgery how um, do we so bring it to australia how do we well, yeah. something physio i'm on the um the apa the australian physiotherapy association um women's health 
board committee thing and we are that's something something we're very active about trying to get through um yeah. that it's it's prehab like if you have knee mm-hmm. surgery again I go back to that you need you need that you need that care but I love that the base does that I think that's brilliant I think that mm-hmm. you know if you have a Caesar you do need that you know it's not you've had major abdominal surgery and if you've mm-hmm. had a vaginal delivery You've, that muscle's gone through a fair bit. Yeah. To, so yeah. there's someone to tell you. The vaginal deliveries are if they've had a third or fourth degree tear and also if they've had a large baby yeah. Yeah. Or, in, or an instrumental yeah. or a long pushing um, pushing phase yeah, yeah so we know the, lots of criteria. <laughs> yeah, so we know long pushing instruments, large baby, all have a greater risk of pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It's just something to note. <laughs> but it's not a death sentence. Not no, a, none, no. of, none of us. I've had women that have had fourth degree tears that are running marathons. Like, yeah. you, you know, like you, you might have this tear that's gone right through to your anus. You're completely incontinent at the time you see me. But, you know, three or four years down the track, it's it's a distant memory. Yeah, it was yeah. probably mm-hmm. a scarred memory. But, you know, you, you can rehab this. It's just like, you know, rehabbing anything. And there's, you know, pessary, there's so much out there. You don't have to put mm-hmm. up with anything. Your childbirth doesn't have to you know, determine the rest of your life at all, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And I think just not being afraid and just seeking, seeking, seeking help. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing that you girls are doing with this podcast is that you're getting such great variety of, you know, people on here that are just all, I guess, trying to educate, you know, again, spreading knowledge is power. I love that's what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's yeah, absolutely. brilliant brilliant way to create your form you don't, so know, you don't know you don't know that something's you don't have to you know I love your thing of yeah it's common but it's not normal like, yeah I think mm-hmm. that's that's such a stand out for me yeah mm-hmm. oh, good. and and what you what you choose to accept you choose to accept but but you can always seek help and there will yeah, be yeah and just having the awareness of, that they can just make a booking like they don't yeah, need they don't to see need a doctor can, they it's can. just hey I've got something weird going on down there yeah let's go see if we can make a difference well this has been such a fun conversation and I've learned yeah. I mean even yeah, no, I being a physio so has been more. so nice to <laughs> yeah I feel like we just opened a real can of worms at the end there <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah we could have gone for another couple of hours I'm like yeah. writing my list of things I want to ask we'll, so yeah, we'll have we to got... do another one on on like maybe specifically yeah. looking at post-birth and going into tears and c-section and, and stuff absolutely. like that I, can I bring feel some... like that would be really big absolutely and I can share some resources on pictures and stuff you can probably <sighs> tag onto the um, yes onto the podcast and you can even get people to ask questions I guess too that might have had these that really want to stay yeah. anonymous that are a little bit embarrassed yeah but yeah yeah sure you've got a million and one interviews to do before that but absolutely happy to come back and share oh, some more knowledge in the new year we're on I we'll also think everyone should just check out um mama physio and women's health physio because even when you were Thank talking you. you were doing like little yes. um little things with your hands and I know like, I really to, like to help us hammock. understand I was I was oh, like I'm not, in that hammock I'm in that yeah they're not gonna see them there they're not yeah. going to see the hands, but we can all have a look on your Instagram and and learn a few things on there. Because I have, I would have thought I was like reasonably educated, but I've learned so much on there. Oh, so thank much. you. Oh, yeah. that's good. And, yes. that, and that's that's it. I think we we all believe we know something about our pelvic floor. I think we do. It's just knowing that little bit more, and the more we, mm-hmm. the more knowledge we share with each other. You know, whether it's women's health physio, whether it's mental well being, or yeah. you know, it's exercise, whatever it is. I think you know, if you know something, you're going to do something about it. So yeah, I'm glad you found it helpful. And yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. We've just enjoyed talking to you in so much depth. I feel like we could have talked for literally many more hours. So we'll definitely have to get you back on to uncover lots more women, women's health related issues. Mm. She just has such a beautiful zest for life and is just oh, so yeah. passionate about this area. So I just really encourage people to reach out with any questions or simply make a booking. So her little suite is located just across from the Mater Hospital um, near the daycare. Um, and you can reach her on her social media. So Women's Health Physio Mackay. Little icon says WH Physio Mackay. And then also the Mama Physio, which she also mm, said is more just about that. sharing information. Yeah. She's super funny. It's all very entertaining yeah. and, and she's really very great content. Too. Really great content, but she's also really responsive. So if you do drop her a direct message on Instagram, you will hear back from her. Or she often on those Instagrams will put up the like questions box and she'll be like, okay, I'm online to answer questions now for the next three hours. Ask mm. me anything. And so interacting with her is going to be really key for us all to continue learning. Yes, yeah, so absolutely reach out and thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah.